I'm Lindsay, your host of the Food for the Future podcast. I am very excited to give you some news today that our colleagues from the Indigenous team here at FAO have decided to do a takeover of our podcast for the week of the World Food Forum, featuring Malakai as our fantastic host. He is one of the focal points in the Pacific region for the Global Indigenous Youth Caucus and also part of our youth delegation for the World Food Forum. So we're super, super, super happy to have you here, Malachi, and take it away. G'day, Lindsay. Thank you for having us here. And yes, you are right. It is the takeover of your podcast. Uh, let's get started. Good morning, everybody. This is Josiane from the FAO Indigenous Peoples Unit. We have come to the end of our takeover of the Food for the Future podcast. In this last episode, we are going to meet one of the indigenous chefs who joined the World Food Forum this week in FAO. Welcome, Mariah. Please introduce yourself. Yeah, my name is Mariah Gladstone, and I am the founder of Indigi Kitchen, which is an online business dedicated to reteaching information about traditional food. So tell me, what are you doing here at uh, the World Food Forum, and how do you feel in the nomadic tent that we have here, the Boasu Food Lab. I'm super lucky to be here at the World Food Forum for a couple of different purposes. I am representing North America in the newly launched coalition for Indigenous People's Food Systems. And I am also here as a chef doing a cooking demonstration on traditional Indigenous North American foods. So in which activities have you been involved here and uh, which ones do you think are closer to, to what you're doing? Yeah, it's been such a wonderful experience to see the diversity of indigenous people's food systems and to see people recognizing our own foods as really the keys to a better future. Um, so I really connected, of course, with the Sami folks that were cooking reindeer um, because, of course, my own people ate a lot of uh, our traditional uh, animals and really had a culture that was centered around our, our bison and their meat and their hides and everything. So it was cool to see people from the other side of the world that have such similar traditions and homes and food. So that was awesome. But also it has been inspiring to see the commitment that people are making to representing indigenous food systems and hopefully bringing that into realizing their importance on a global scale. And not just of course in indigenous spaces, but recognizing indigenous knowledge as the key for global sustainability for everyone's food systems. Um, it is of course through these gifts of the earth that we are all able to eat and the more that we as a global population is able to recognize that, the more that we're able to take care of the places where our food comes from and take care of ourselves with healthy food as well. Yeah, of course. 
And uh, there's something I wanted to share with you. Yesterday, we heard in one of the sessions that uh, climate change is actually changing the smell and the taste of the food that we eat. And of course, uh, the same goes with the, the food of uh, indigenous peoples. What do you think about this? Back home this year, we had such extreme weather patterns in the springtime that we had a lot of the blossoms on our berry trees um, destroyed by really, really heavy rains. And we have a, a food source which we traditionally have picked gallons and gallons of berries. Um, and this year there were so few berries that we didn't even pick them. And unfortunately that means the bears in our home are also very, very hungry because they eat a lot of berries. And so not only are our food systems disrupted, but also our ceremonies are disrupted because we're not able to make our traditional berry soup for ceremonies. Um, and also, People have had their homes broken into by bears trying to find food. Um, and it is very evident to indigenous people living on the land and who are really connected with those food systems, who see things firsthand, who hear those alarm bells going off. And so I think the more that we can recognize that, the more we can do to create systems of resilience and to work to slow, stop, and reverse those climactic changes. Yeah, and uh, for that, you mentioned it before, uh, indigenous people's food systems are key not only for the nutrition of indigenous peoples, but also for preserving the biodiversity that supports uh, basically the nourishment of the whole humanity. So what do you think about this? Yeah, of course we know that Indigenous peoples are the caretakers of the vast majority of the Earth's biodiversity. And recognizing that is not just a further recognition that Indigenous peoples' knowledge needs to be honored, but also land needs to be returned to Indigenous peoples because we have demonstrated through thousands of years of caretaking and stewardship that we are the most capable of doing that, at preserving the biodiversity, at sustainably feeding ourselves, and also in just building a more sustainable food system. Yes, and it has been said several times that transforming agri-food systems and making them more sustainable is one of the best solutions for the climate crisis. And we have here this week indigenous peoples with all their knowledge uh, that they have been preserving for millennia, uh, knowledge about preserving food and land. They're here and they're saying at, this, at these events that we are part of the solution, we should be included in this solution. Yes, um, and I mentioned it before on a panel, but this concept of regenerative agriculture is not new, but it is new with a K, as in it is something that has been known. and. Indigenous people have not been listened to until it is absolutely essential um, that the world does so. There has been a lot of work to avoid listening to Indigenous peoples, and I'm hopeful that the world recognizes that those systems need to be listened to, 
before it is too late and we are past this tipping point, before we go into a total global food crisis. Yes, exactly. We are really running out of time. Thank you so much, Mariam. Before we close the interview, I have one last question. So this week at the World Food Forum, um, there was uh, the coalition. How would you explain it to uh, young people and to people that are listening to our podcast and they don't know what it is? Yeah, I think the coalition is really an opportunity for indigenous peoples from around the world to leverage our collective history with colonization and you know despite our diversity of food systems our diversity of landscapes languages everything we have a shared history and a shared connection to our home landscapes and to be able to leverage that and speak on a global forum about the importance of creating policies and curriculum and research that identifies, recognizes, and implements traditional food system knowledge and ecosystem knowledge, then we're really able to be a much louder voice. You know, the sum of our voices are much greater than um, just, just one or two alone. And so um, the coalition partners, the indigenous representatives, but also the uh, member countries have an opportunity to come together and to be able to amplify those voices for all of us. Exactly. Thank you so much, Mariah. Really, last, last question. So after this week, you're going back home. What are you taking with you from this experience? And um, tell us more about the Indigi Kitchen so we can follow you and we can uh, know more about the knowledge that you're sharing. My business is all based on, of course, making an indigenous digital kitchen and using social media as a tool for people to be able to Google traditional uh, North American recipes um, or recipes that use traditional North American ingredients. Um, of course, two thirds of the world's food originated in North and South America. So indigenous food is spread all over the globe from my homeland. Um, and when I return home, I'll keep making recipe videos. Um, it will be hunting season and time to, to celebrate that harvest and then bundle up for our long winters that we have um, in Blackfeet territory in Montana in the United States. Um, but anyone is able to follow the journey um, on YouTube or Instagram or Facebook at IndigiKitchen, but also just at IndigiKitchen.com. Perfect. We will be able to follow you. And uh, we know that you're sharing your knowledge with uh, a lot of people all over the world and uh, youth all over the world. So continue to speak up and share your knowledge around. And thank you so much for this interview. We have come to the end of our takeover of the Food for the Future podcast. I would like to thank the indigenous youth and the indigenous representatives who came to Rome from all over the world to speak up and share their knowledge with us. I would also like to thank the fantastic chefs that cook delicious food non-stop during this week and also the whole team behind the Boasso Food Lab. A special thank you to the Family Shoveler Band and Formidable Vegetable for lending us their new fantastic song called Weird Weird Food of the Country for this podcast. 
This song highlights the importance of indigenous food systems and the need to preserve the ancient cultures that sustained us for thousands of years. You can find the song on all streaming platforms. Thank you again for listening. And to learn more about the World Food Forum, go to world-food-forum.org.